Well, welcome to the Not Great Parents podcast mini episode yes. that we're having today. I'm mini Molly. episode number two. I know. We're, we're going to have a handful of these. So, yeah. Uh, so. Well, I'm Molly, and this is Nathan, and we are Not Great Parents here Absolutely. to talk to you about Not Great Parenting. Yeah, how to, how to, how to not be a great parent. We are, we are fully on board that there will be no great parents at right. Community Christian but Church. But there will be a lot of good parents. Yeah, yeah, and a, a lot, lot of godly of, parents. Right, a lot yeah. of godly parents seeking um, his goodness, so. Yeah. Um, well, we have a fun episode, I think, today. Yeah, I think this will be a different flavor a little for bit all different. of our, Some know. of you will be familiar with um, sort of what we're about to do, but um, we used to have a movie podcast, and there yeah. were three or four of you that would talk about yeah. movies that were out and how they related to the family and yeah. just kind of... Yeah, I mean, our, about it. our goal is what we used to always say at the beginning of the uh, episode, which was we want to help people have better conversations around the content that they consume as a family. Mm-hmm. And I think when uh, Sawyer and I and Donnie, we were kind of the original three who started talking about it. I know all three of us, our main concern was that what most families want, especially if they come to a youth minister or a pastor yes. for a movie recommendation, is they want a movie that is safe and fun for the whole family. Oh, right? yes. I think I've heard that before. Yeah, which is which is mostly, they want a pretty boring movie. Uh, they want a movie that doesn't have much conflict, that doesn't have, yeah. uh, you know, doesn't have any kind of thing in it. And I know the truth is they want something that doesn't have objectionable content. Right. And they want things that they feel like, okay, if I walked away or I let my kids watch it without me sitting here. Yes. I, I, be okay. I think that's a big one is I could leave the room and my kids could watch it and there wouldn't be anything. And mostly what I, this was probably the cynical version of me and the way I heard it was, what I often heard was, I don't want to watch a movie where I have to have an uncomfortable conversation. Exactly. I don't want to have to explain something I'm not ready to explain. I don't want to have a uh, I don't want to have an awkward conversation about something that I don't think I want my kid to know about. Mm-hmm. And what we started having the discussions on is maybe that's not the most helpful way. Like probably if you've got a four year old, I get the idea with that. Right. But once you have a kid that you're kind of releasing to the world, and what I mean is. They're, they're school age, so they start going to elementary school. So, I mean, that might be as early as four for some kids, but maybe it's five, right? And maybe you have a six-year-old, even at that age, uh, you don't know what things they're learning about from other students and other kids, and maybe even from teachers, conversations that come up that then either you will have to have an uncomfortable conversation about that you weren't ready for, mm-hmm. or they never even tell you about it. Right. And then in, if they're not telling you about it and they were exposed to that, they're probably going to get the information they wanted from their friends. Yes. And you don't know what that is. It may right. be incorrect information or it may be information that is not properly contextualized. And usually, so, I mean, just so we're not vague about any of this, what I hear most parents want to talk about is things related to sex and sexuality. Right. That they're going to watch something in a movie that will implant an idea in their head that will grow to this, you know, uncomfortable or bad thought that they're going to have that they never had before. But the truth is when you, I mean, and I think both of us would say this, most of our early exposure to the topic and conversation of sex was with other people our age at a young age. Absolutely. So yeah, go ahead. 
My sister taught me about sex with our Barbies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if that tells you anything. I, Years before my parents talked to us. I was a homeschooled pastor's kid, and I, I do remember my very first conversation with it was actually because my mom was my teacher. We had a science textbook. There were frogs involved. Oh. She had to explain the conversation to me and my brother, and I just remember thinking, people do this? Uh, <laughs> very uncomfortable. The next, though, conversation I had was... I have an older brother. He had a friend that was his age, and that friend had older brothers who were in high school who told him, now I know, incorrect information right. that he shared with me also probably somehow messed up information, exactly. and I was five years old. And I and I can to this day remember that conversation. And I remember thinking at the time, is this real? Right. And now I know because I can remember the conversation. No, it's not. No, but it's <laughs> not real. But the point is, is that, you know, we our kids are going to be exposed to things at different times. Some yes. of which we can, you know, control a little bit of. But there's going, unless we are going to keep our child in a room by themselves yes. forever and ever. Which, we which, are, which is yes. not, it's not the well, life and now, we want. And, and now with the internet, everything then, yes. feels like it's out the window. Right. And, yeah. But it's, you know, but we as parents can you know, decide that we're going to box, you know, put a bubble over them, so to speak, or we can prepare them for what they might be exposed to or create yes. a, you know, create conversations in our family, even at five, even yes. at eight, that then when those things come up, our children are willing to talk to us. I mean, yes. we both did student ministry for however long. Yes. I didn't do it nearly as long as you did. But if I learned two things... I say this to people all the time. The two biggest takeaways I had were don't ever not speak truth to your yeah. children. I mean, yeah. never, ever, ever not speak truth to your children. Well, and, and, then, and, and, be a, and that you want them to come to you for the yes. questions. And so the reason those go together for me is if you as a parent are hiding from it or not speaking truth or dancing around something, your children are going to go elsewhere. Or... If you ever give them misinformation, mm -hmm. even for the sake of protecting them, yes. how are babies made? And then a stork gets involved in the conversation <laughs> or something else comes. You don't know how they take that information. Maybe at a young age, they accept the stork thing mm -hmm. and they move on. But you don't know at what age they find out that was a lie. Right. And then they have to figure out. Does mom not know? Right. Does dad not? What is this? This is in a science textbook. Yes. Does mom not know? Or, oh, this is either so dirty mm -hmm. or so bad that my mom couldn't tell me it exists. Which or my mom just lies to me all the time. Or my mom is a liar, <laughs> which I did hear from somebody one time, yes. over something very minute. So for me, it was those two things. It was, you know, speak truth to them. Yes. <laughs> Even you know, don't dance around it. Just speak directly to them. They are going to, they are going to find out. And you want them to want to come to you because they trust, they trust you. And that the, happens through practice. And so. Well, the beauty, I think the privilege we have as parents, which becomes an annoying privilege, is that your kids think you know everything when they're young. Right. They're told you do. Yeah. They think you know everything. So then at the age that my kid's at, and I'm sure your youngest is still at this age, you know, Daddy, why is that like that? Daddy, why is this happened? Daddy, who is that? What is this? What is, you know, thousands of questions because they think you know everything. And the benefit of that, and this is a beautiful privilege, is you then get to contextualize everything. Right. But there does come a point 
late elementary school where they start to question. Maybe mom doesn't know everything. Maybe dad doesn't know everything. And then by teenage years, it's not that you don't know everything. It's you know nothing. You're an idiot. You don't know anything. Yes. And so if you wait until the teenage years, and, and I know we've talked about sex, and I know we've talked about movies. Our, our, our idea with this is what you said earlier, which is we don't want to simply protect our kids. And when I say protect, I don't mean protect them from harm. I mean protect them from information. Content. I think sometimes we feel like we're protecting them. They don't need to know this exists. They don't need to know this. And uh, well, I, and I brought this up before we were filming. I I had one of my children. I had a, an adult come to me and say, "Hey, by the way, your your kid um, said the word suicide the other day." And I said, "Oh, okay." And they said they weren't saying anything about themselves. They they just had said something about that word. And I just wanted to make sure you knew that they knew that. And what I said was. Uh, yeah, they probably saw it in a movie that we, and I remember talking to them about mm-hmm. this and they said, oh, okay. And I know the fear for a lot of parents, you know, we talk about sex, but certainly anything mental health, oh, depression, violence. anxiety, violence, that if I, if I put that idea, I'm, it's almost like I'm putting the idea in their head if I explain what it is. And what I said was, I wanted my kids to one, know that that's a thing that unfortunately does happen. And I said to them, I said, you know, there's various reasons that it's happened. I've had a person in my life that that happened to. And mm-hmm. I said, I just want you to know that this is not the way that God would intend for things to happen. Mm-hmm. And that if you're ever at a place where that you you either feel so sad or you feel like you're in a situation you can't get out of, that I'm always a person you can talk to. And what my hope is in having that conversation at six years old was when we had this conversation, was one, I don't think my six-year-old is struggling with that. No. But I but I don't know that, as we talked about in, in the last mini-episode about social media mental health and the amount of teenage girls, the rise that it's gone on, I want them to know that I know that those thoughts happen and can often feel they can be kind of normal for teenage girls. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know, Dad knows that, and yeah, Dad is open to, to the conversation. To about that. Yeah, it's safe to talk to me. I want you to know that Dad is a source of information. Mm-hmm. And I want you to feel trusted to talk to me about it. And I'm not saying that everything has to be heavy. I just know so many parents who are afraid of bringing up topics or coming across in a movie or a TV show or, you know, you're just out in public and they see something or they hear something. And then you you feel like, well, what if, what if I'm unprepared for the conversation? And my best advice to people is be honest. Right. Just be honest. And more honest than you think you need to be. I think with kids, overly honest is fine. I mean, you don't have to tell them each and every fine, tiny little point of everything, but honest in that, hey, we can talk about that. Well, as honest honest, I've said to my child many times, I don't actually know what it is specifically that you're referencing, but I want to know more about it. And I can see that it's something that's important to you. And maybe we can learn about it together. And I think it's better if these things do naturally come up than you always feel like you have to sit Today down. Today we're going to sit down and talk about this. Yeah, okay. like I think we need to be like, let's talk about gun violence. Yeah, like you're no. in a, you don't need to have your own podcast with your child about these things. I think it's better if you allow their curiosity to drive it because then that's, that's what I was going to say is that's how you know how honest to be. Answer the questions simply. Right. And by simply, I mean honestly. When I heard the word suicide, what does that mean? That's when a person chooses to take their own life. They, a person chooses, maybe you need to say, to end their life or however you want to say it. Answer it simply. And then if that's if they say, oh, 
okay, that I'm is as honest as you need to be. And well, like my child said, why would someone ever choose to do that? Then I can say, well, there's various reasons. Those things are. Or how do babies get made? Well, and then you just explain to whatever level you can. My girls understand by young. There's this stork. <laughs> There's this stork. <laughs> but I think you understand. And like my girls understand, even down to my six-year-old, they understand. I don't, I, you know, it's hard to understand what they understand, but they have been explained the basic mechanics. They understand. I, they would be able to tell you it involves a, a man and a woman's private parts. Mm -hmm. That's how they would probably say it. And they understand as we've told them, that God intends that to be for a man and woman who are married, mm -hmm. that it's not meant to happen outside those bounds. And I think being able to have honest conversations, you and I will say this, you don't feel like a great parent. You never walk no. away from that conversation going, great job. But you job. are a good parent if you are having that with I, them. I think so. And I think you're a godly parent because you're able now to share godly wisdom. And, and that's what I was going to say is be honest and then make sure Christ is at the center of it. You're not just answering the mechanics of sex. You're not just explaining the idea of what is mental health problems. Right. You're you're not, because my daughter had that. We were driving on the side of the road, and there was a man who either was intoxicated or had a mental health problem, right. and he was talking to himself. He was having trouble, and the police were there trying to talk with him. And she had to ask me, why is he talking to himself? Right. And I said, I don't know. You know, and I said what I said, maybe he's in, maybe he's intoxicated, maybe he's this. But that was an opportunity. You encountered something which became an opportunity for honest dialogue with your child about something going on in the world. And you didn't yes. just drive by and say, Oh, don't worry about him, he'll be okay. It, it gave you an entire conversation and yes. a way to point back to what God would want us to do in those scenarios, yes. which I think movies tend to have a lot of these things for they us. Naturally they come naturally up. come up. Now, we aren't going to sit down and debrief after every movie and go, these yeah. are the five big topics we need to And I don't with. think that's good. I, the curiosity thing that you said I think is key. Yes. If there are things that come up in movies or you know, shows that you're watching or whatever it might well, be. Well, I think there's that's levels to what you want. And so, because I've had parents. So, Producer Sawyer is on our uh, family movie podcast, and he regularly jokes about that there literally is no movie my kids couldn't watch. And I know he knows that's not true, but uh, my kids do watch a lot more than most people uh, would probably allow their kids to watch. But, you know, there are limits. I, I don't let my kids watch anything with explicit sexual content. And what I mean is like a like a sex scene, like one where it's I, my kids have seen things where people begin to kiss and they might go to a yes. bed and then it pans away. But they don't see anything like that, they don't see explicit nudity. Um, they don't see typically what you would call like very graphic violence mm -hmm. in most cases. Um, but I do think what happens when you watch movies that many people probably would consider too much for their six or seven-year-old is these things come up and they go, what is that? Why is that happening? Where they'll ask it at six, eight, ten that they might not at 16 because they feel like, well, that's stupid. Why would I ask my mom? I, you know, I may not know, but I want to pretend like I know. And they might ask it during the movie. Oh, they're you, going to ask and, it during the movie. And if you're not in the room with them, yes, you have lost the opportunity to be their source of information on that because yes. they're either going to pack it away and forget about it and then have it come up at a really random time, or they're yes. going to maybe define it themselves or ask a yes. sibling or a friend or whatever. And you don't, you, you want to be that for them. You want to be the yes. person that well, gets to explain it to them. That's, no, that is truly preparing them, and that actually and that, is protecting it them. It is protecting. Protecting them rather than... Because you're preparing a wise 
you're, you're right now at six. I'm trying to prepare a wise 15 year old who can become a wise 18 year old. Cause I don't want my 15 year old daughter to have never known that there are boys that will lie to you to get you to send nude photos mm -hmm. to them or to get you to tell you that they'll love you and they'll never leave you. So you'll do something. It's okay with me that maybe that from seven, eight, nine, ten, right. they're aware that those things happen in the world. And at this point, they're like, well, that's kind of dumb. Why would anyone do that? But they're aware that that's a thing that would, you know, because at seven, you're like, why would you ever get naked? Like, why, why would, I never want to take a bath yeah, ever. ever. Why would yes. I ever why do would this? I ever want to do that. But as they get older, they're able to have these kind of conversations. And once again, I don't want to make it sound like this, the point of this is to watch movies. The point of this is that we would be people who could answer questions our kids have and prepare them so that when they're older and they're in situations that you can't put a bubble around. Right. That you would hope now they've been trained and prepared of how God would want them to handle this in a safe and wise way. And if they don't know, that they would still come to you. Yes. And that they that those would... lines of communication are open. Right. Because we want our kids to, we, we do want to be that person that knows everything. We want to do, right. be the wise one. And so we have to we have to be there with them, but we also have to bring God into that with them. That's right. So this week, your challenge is to watch The Exorcist with your kids. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But what I thought was funny was Sawyer looked up from it as, well, maybe he's going to watch that with his kids. I don't know what he's watching with his kids. I was like, what movie is he Goodfellas is on the horizon this week. That's right. Yeah, watch these movies with your kids. Great conversation starters. No, but we do have some movies. We actually have TV shows. I heard from a parent who was a listener of the family movie podcast that they would we, that their teenager is less interested in movies and more into shows. but into shows and and wants to watch them with her mom which I thought that's a that's a that's cool. good job mom that you're that you're that you're a 13 14 year old still wants to watch TV with you so mm -hmm. we we have some TV show recommendations that I think will help yep. um, but we'll talk about that and hopefully you guys enjoy it welcome back everybody to the family movie night podcast segment of the not great parents podcast mini episode number two <laughs> the longest intro i've ever done for this podcast segment i just gotta say it feels good to be back gentlemen back in a google meet together it's been it's been a hot minute so so donnie dorsey hero of this podcast uh <laughs> how, how are you doing man uh parenting that that's that's my challenge in my uh in my my uh my mountain to climb and let me tell you uh i have rappelled down many times and climbed back up even you more. lost a couple <laughs> good men along the way yes 100 <laughs> well very good glad to have you here and of course the villain of our podcast sawyer hewlett uh podcasting straight from the depths of a cave somewhere where he is plotting the demise of his enemies how are you doing sawyer good i uh i yeah i mean i am i'm in my cave i'm and it's nice in here you know you like I, it better in there you like it exactly i i do like my cave i will make no bones about that okay it's nice in here it's predictable i know where everything's at so we want to talk about some things that we've been watching, and uh, I just want to start because at this point that this episode will be coming out, 
The Mandalorian season three will be fully in effect. And I know Sawyer Hewlett uh, has been watching it up to this point. As we're recording, how many episodes are out currently of The Mandalorian? Uh, Three episodes. We're three episodes in. And, uh, you know, like, look, I, I don't love The Mandalorian. I think it's good. Um, but here's the deal. It's fun Star Wars. And this is the thing that the Mandalorian admittedly just does really well. It's just like, you're going to get a really fun adventure with good, with well-written characters and stuff like that. Um, and so like my gripes about very specific things that are Star Wars nerdy don't really matter in this context. It's a fun action Star Wars adventure that has really fun ship battles and really good characters and stuff like that. Um, and also, like, look, it, it's sweet. The, the the dynamic between the main character, uh, Mandalorian, and, and his surrogate son, Grogu, a.k.a. Baby Yoda, is a sweet relationship when it's on screen and stuff like that. I mean, I ask. It warms the heart, as as one would say. And I'm the villain on this podcast. So. That's right. Donnie, uh, you had mentioned uh, there's a show that you watch with your family pretty regularly. Uh, it's kind of on uh, an opposite swing from The Mandalorian. Why don't you uh, talk about that? Yeah, like I've been watching my family, The Mass Singer. Like I... I absolutely love that show. It's it's very cool dynamic of like the you know you got the characters that are displayed with these famous uh, people, and my kids get really into it. Like, and we're watching it, and we're like trying to guess who we think it is, and and then you also get to hear really good musical performances and. I mean, it's mixed with some comedy because the judges are comedic at nature. And it's just, I mean, it's a good, it's a good show to sit down and watch. And you could, I mean, if you wanted to, you could probably binge a couple episodes just because they're that entertaining and how they, how they present it. Well, and I will say, so I don't watch The Masked Singer, but I will say for these kind of reality competition shows, my family watches old seasons of Survivor. We're kind of working our way back, Paramount Plus. As those, I believe the masked singer you can see on Peacock and maybe on Hulu. I think so. I think yeah. so. I think it's on both of those. Uh, Mandalorian is on Disney Plus. Um, but if you have Paramount Plus, you can watch all the old seasons of Survivor. And like I'm sure it is with the masked singer, it's a show that gets the entire family involved because you're talking about what's going to happen, who's going to get eliminated. Yeah. You know, and everyone's like, who's your favorite? And it gets mom, dad, kids all focused on the same thing. Um, and I will say this, you know, we did the movie podcast, but I think TV shows give you a unique opportunity with your family in that this could be more than a once a week thing. This could be multiple times a week. You know, we end as a family every night. We end our night together by we all watch the same show together and we try to put yeah. our phones away and just sit together and watch it. And that kind of, community of your kids just getting used to being with mom and dad and talking about things i think is really important in a a really good time donnie has that been your experience oh absolutely like i mean my kids are like literally just whenever we throw it on they are so like heavily engaged and it's very much they like the characters but they're also like they sound really good and they're like and they just it's one of those things where it's a lot of engagement 
like the yeah. conver like conversation is happening regularly. Like it's not just like sit there and stare. It's ooh, who do you think it is? And then when they're going through the judges trying to figure out who they think it is, they're making guesses or they're like, ooh, I agree with Ken or I agree with this person. Right. It's it's just a like it's it's pretty fun. So. so I've also been watching um, with my kids one of our regular shows. So the three, the I think it's four kind of regular shows we watch. We just kind of rotate through them. Is we watch. Um, we've been watching Blackish as a family for a long time, which is a good kind of fun family show. In that, um, in in opposed to other kinds of shows, uh, there's not a lot of objectionable content. There's language every so often. They get into a heavy topics occasionally. Um, uh, about even about things like racial injustice, racism, but even some kind come kind of like sexual topics come up. But I feel like they handle them in a family friendly sort of way. Um, yeah. I certainly have never felt like that's very objectionable. Anything that I've watched with my kids, there are times that we have to have conversations about uh, yeah. racial injustice and things around sexuality that we, you know, I feel like it's honestly helpful. I would not just naturally have ways to bring that up with my kids but it's in the show and now we get to talk about it. donnie uh, yeah. you were not in your head do y'all watch blackish as well we we actually watched it i haven't actually watched it through with the with the kids yet but i have okay. but i definitely would agree i mean because i think the great thing about what they are able to do is that they talk about these very complicated topics and they do it in a way that's digestible on a weekly right. basis where you're not feeling extremely overwhelmed, but they don't always, they don't send it to as, Hey, this is where we stand per se, as much as they do. This is what the situation is. One, well, you get to see multiple sides. Exactly. And like you get to see it from different perspectives and different situations. And it allows you to kind of have some real discussions. You go, wow, that's, and then like they did such a good job of incorporating information along with the story they were telling and watching the characters grow through these conversations yeah. and these topics that happen. So, yeah. And, and I think what is helpful to me, and this will go to one of the next shows we watch is it's good to see a family unit that is together and loves one another and they disagree and they fight, but they always come back together. And I think yeah. it has that, you know, for as much as when I didn't have kids, I was like, Oh, every episode ends with the family coming back together. Great. You know, I feel <laughs> like, I feel like now I'm very thankful for that. Whereas now I actually look at other shows and I go every season, someone has to die. How original way to get <laughs> someone out of a situation, way to be creative. When you can kill every character, you don't have to write creative. You can just kill it. <laughs> That's the end of that. How does Indiana Jones get out of that pit with the snakes? I can't wait to. Oh, he does. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Okay. Thanks, Game of Thrones. Uh, so, um, I think another show that does this is, and this is an older show, early two thousands, uh, the Gilmore Girls. Uh, we are watching Gilmore Girls with our uh, daughters right now. It's on uh, Netflix. You can watch it there. Um, Blackish, by the way, is on both Disney Plus and Hulu. Um, but uh, yeah, Gilmore Girls is a show. I actually watched it a lot. I was a big, I was a Gilmore guy back in the day. Uh, I have not listened to. The, I have not listened to the Gilmore Guys podcast. I, 
I found out that was a thing later. There's a Gilmore Guys podcast. Oh yes, it is like. Oh, a, I need to listen to this. It is like a whole thing. Yeah, I was uh, I was like 11 when the show came out, and I was just obsessed with it. I thought it was such a funny, uh, smartly written show. But now, you know, as a dad with preteen daughters, uh, a couple and then a couple younger ones, I love being able to watch a show where mom and teenage daughter are not against each other, but are are really good friends. And honestly, it talks about some complex relational things. Um, uh, you know, th- the mom does not get along with the grandparents and they're still trying to work it out. Anyway, a lot of really good stuff. Nothing too objectionable, at least at this point. I remember as they get older, obviously, there's conversations around sexuality and such. But um, once again, I think if you're watching this with your preteen, middle school, high school age children, uh, even though it's 20 years old, it doesn't feel that way because it's already set in like this quaint town that never really existed anyway. So it kind of feels otherworldly to begin with. Um, but once again, it's fun to watch a show where the stakes are not the end of the world. The stakes are, does someone get invited to a dance? Does somebody, you know, every episode has just very normal problems. Does this boy like me or does he not like me? Am I going to have my first kiss? Am I not? Like, it's just really fun in that way. And then the other show that we're watching right now, I said Survivor already, is uh, we are watching through Stranger Things with our girls. Um, and I know there's a new season of Stranger Things coming out. Sawyer, you were saying yesterday to me that you're, you're, a, you're a fan of Stranger Things. Is the new season coming out this year? No, they're filming it this year. Okay. Which like, they're filming it like 10 minutes away from our church is the thing. But, oh, well, they have, they've always filmed uh, a lot of different uh, things in that around yeah that kind of um, yeah oh maybe it's already done filming maybe it is coming out this year yeah huh. so, I thought it was so anyway I think if you haven't watched this especially if you got middle schoolers um, uh, teenagers there's certainly I will say there's more language in Stranger Things uh, for like if you got younger kids once again I'm watching it with my six and my eight year old so Judge me all you want, but uh, there is language. Uh, there is a scene in the first um, season where uh, you don't really see anything, but it certainly is. Uh, you you see the beginnings of teenagers making out, and then you uh, it is implied heavily that they have had sex, and so all of that. But once again, I think that's a point of conversation for you and your kids. Of what is that? What she is that? What she or he should be doing right now? Is that the way that you should handle? you know, your, your relationships with boyfriends and girlfriends as you get older. And anyway, I see those as opportunities once again, um, to not protect our kids from knowledge, but to prepare them for reality, to be able to say to them, Hey, this is something that teenagers do. And this isn't the way God intended it to be, but Hey, let's talk about this, uh, real quickly before we kind of end up, we're already going a little long on this, but Hey, it's the Family Movie Night podcast, y'all. This is what we do. We don't hit <laughs> deadlines. Okay. So Boom. Uh, I want to talk about some movies that are uh, we've been watching. Uh, Sawyer, you were telling us before we started uh, that you're actually watching not a new movie, but you're regularly going through and watching some old movies. So why don't you talk about that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm currently re-watching Lord of the Rings, which like, I, I don't know. It's, it's such a. Like, I, I, I feel like I was born in the perfect moment to love Lord of the Rings as the thing. And, like, to the point that, like, it is just 
unabashedly probably my favorite movie of all time. And like when I say that, I mean that like legitimately all three kind of function as one big movie for me. I can't watch one of them. I can't just throw on the two towers or the return of the king. It's like, oh, I feel like watching Lord of the Rings or something like that. I'll throw on Fellowship of the Ring and then like 12 hours will go by and I'll be like, oh, what just happened? But no, like I I love Lord of the Rings. Um, I think like we also have a generational thing where like, you know, for me, it was the Oceans movies where like, I think Oceans 11 came out in like what? Was it was it 2001 or 99 or something like that? I can't remember. Yeah, exactly. I think 2001. <laughs> Anyways, I was too young to watch them then. And so... My and my parents didn't think, oh, we should show Sawyer Ocean's Eleven when he gets to like being like 11, 12, 13 or whatever. Um, and so that time rolls around, and I like I get to like late high school and I find out that there's this movie Ocean's Eleven, it's a high school and I watch it. I'm like, oh my gosh, why didn't you guys show me this movie? And I think Lord of the Rings has kind of become that uh for this current generation, where like as like people who were around when Lord of the Rings came out and were like teenagers or whatever and saw them. Like they don't think to show their kids Lord of the Rings. Maybe like it's just one of those things that falls through the cracks. But I think that it's just like a really gr- like I think it's like as good a movie you can make as the thing. But like it's a really good movie that is like really wholesome and just really amazing that you can just literally be like, and it's a long movie, so it takes up a lot of time. Um, but oh man, I just I love Lord of the Rings so much. It's my favorite. Lord of the Rings is my favorite like nerd thing i i love lord of the rings so much i think uh i think one thing that's great about lord of the rings is i think you have the opportunity to talk with your kids about things like how do we use power in the world right so the whole premise around the ring is that the ring is this source of unlimited power but the power corrupts so when you get it the power is actually using you not you using the power and you see that with Gollum, right and you know Gollum can be a metal for, for addiction and all of that. But I also think it's just the addiction to power. And you have people like Boromir in the first movie, who's very much like we could use this power to be good, but the power always corrupts. And so it's a way to really talk to our kids about how do we as followers of Jesus, how are we supposed to use power? And the way that we see it by the end is you self-sacrificially lay that power, that privilege, that right down, right? That the only way to really defeat the power of evil is to never take it up. Yeah, and I think I think that what's so great about Lord of the Rings is it says that message and it says, and you can't do that on your own. Like what, sure. what's so moving is, you know, I, I was actually just talking about this last night. Like the Frodo Sam relationship is truly like one of the best depictions of like real friendship because it's like Frodo has this burden and like he's incapable. It's not a burden that he can carry. The final point of the movie is. He can't do this. He needs help. And Sam is there to help him. And it's it's like, um, you know, it, it, yeah, it's just, oh, it's so good. It's so good. I want to talk about a movie that just came out uh, that's on Peacock that you could watch with your younger kids. It's called Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Uh, this is a long-awaited, I don't know if anyone was awaiting this sequel, but long-awaited sequel to the original Puss in Boots. And uh, as a spoiler for the final kind of post-credits moment, a setup for future uh, Shrek sequels. I don't know. Let's go, Shrek Five. Let's go. I've been I've been waiting for this day for like fifteen years. Okay, ever since Shrek the Shrek Forever After came out, I've been waiting for Shrek Five to happen. 
Yeah, that's interesting does. because uh, didn't Cameron Diaz like retire or something like that for a period of time? Is I, that I don't know. That's probably true. That's probably true. And I think so. That would be a big deal because that would mean she was making a comeback to do like yeah. a fan favorite. Yeah, but Puss in Boots: uh, Last Wish. It's available on Peacock. This show, uh, this movie, blindsided me with how it, it is better than it ever had any right to be. Uh, it's pretty. It's it's effectively pretty moving. It establishes a bunch of characters we haven't seen before, with a lot of really good character arcs that are that are pretty good. Uh, I'm not. I don't want to go out there and be like. I've heard some people say this is the best animated movie, and like it's not. I don't even know if it's the best animated movie of this year, but it's way better than I I thought a Puss in Boots movie could be. Um, and I'll just say this: the animation and the action are incredible. If you've got young boys, we talked about the movie The Sea Beast. I don't think the action's as good as the CBs, but it's pretty close. If if you've got young boys that just are looking for a good kind of wholesome action movie, I think it works for them. My girls loved it. Uh, Sawyer, I know you watched it. Were you a big fan of it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, I love I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Um, I think that, yeah, it got a little bit overhyped. Um, but I also think that... I'm going to shout the praises of this movie because like you said, it had no, it had no business being as good as it was. What um, I mean is they could have just put out a movie that was not that great with the mm-hmm. name Puss in Boots and it would have made a lot of money, but they yeah. really put a lot of effort into this to make it the, really good. Like legit, you mentioned it. It's very moving. The, the stories like, okay, this is what like I get, it pushes it over the edge for me. It's why I love a movie like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. It functions really well as a kid's movie. Let's get that out of the way. But so does the first Puss in Boots. Okay. This movie functions as almost like, like I mentioned earlier, an all ages kind of thing. I think like you can go into this movie within any age and you're going to have some level of enjoyment to get out of it. Um, I think I was surprised how much I actually enjoyed the character of Puss in Boots. I've never been, like, even in the Shrek movies, I think he's fine. But, like, in th- this is easily the best iteration of this character. Easily. And I, I was just, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. So I think, too, when you talk about messages that you could watch with your kids, the premise of this movie, which I was unaware of until I started watching it, is uh, Puss in Boots has been reckless his entire life, and he has wasted his eight lives, and he's only got one left. And so he decides he's going into retirement. He's going to hide from the world because he can't risk his last one because that would be the end. And and then through the adventures, he has to learn to, you know, take responsibility for his life. It's an opportunity for us to talk about as our kids get older um, with them, the importance of cherishing life and cherishing these moments that we have and not letting things go to waste and not letting these relationships that we don't maybe pay as much attention to as we should just slide by us that as they're getting older and they're making better decisions our bigger decisions that they would make better decisions and be more responsible with their life and so i thought that was a really good message in that movie so that's it for our mini episode this week and if you guys want to get any follow-up content you can go to the parent queue app and we've got a bunch of information in we've there. got the fully uh, movie night because we had to cut some recommendations oh, right. so we got the whole if you're a fan of that and you like to get more we have even more movie recommendations and the link for that is in the show notes as well right yeah, the, the link for parent queue is so you got to get the parent queue app to get to watch the full episode so 
So go on, get the parent cue app. We keep yes. plugging it for you guys, but it's worth it. We think it's a great tool. And send so, questions in, because yes. we're hoping our next send mini questions. episode. It could be about specific movies. It could be about any parenting topic. Yes. It could be anything that you guys want to hear from us about. Tell us why or we're wrong. Or give us feedback. Yeah. Say, say, please, we're talking about this. Or <laughs> Don't ever let Nathan talk about his childhood memories of yeah, yeah. when he was exposed to things. That is the last thing we want to about. That was not a great episode. That's why it was a mini episode. <laughs> That's true. I think I was the one that sent that in. Yeah, that oh, was Sawyer. Yeah. Producer Sawyer does, doesn't go. like it when Nathan shares childhood memories. So <laughs> Neither does my therapist. There but that's go. okay. There you go. Well, we'll see you all next time. Have a great one. A good one. A good one.